Here is a sermon message from Somerville Community Baptist Church. To hear more sermons like this, please visit iLoveSCBC.org. Well, good morning and happy Palm Sunday to everyone. Again, we welcome you to our online virtual service, and we are thrilled to be celebrating Palm Sunday or Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem as we prepare for Holy Week, we prepare for Monday, Thursday, Good Friday, and eventually Easter, where the Lord has risen. So before we get into our message, I'll just invite you to join me in a brief word of prayer. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that we can come before you and we can worship you, Lord God. We thank you for this occasion uh, to celebrate your triumphal entry into, into Jerusalem as a king. May you prepare our minds and our hearts to hear from your word. May you open our minds and our hearts to receive what you have for us from your word this morning. Lord God, use me as your servant. Guide the words of my mouth, Holy Spirit. And may these words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you have your Bibles or your Bible apps, uh, just ask you to turn with me to Luke chapter 19. We'll be reading from verse 29 to 44. Again, uh, Luke chapter 19, uh, verses 29 to 44. And I'm reading from the NIV version. It says, After Jesus has said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem as he approached Bethpage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a colt tied up there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They replied, The Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And he went along. People spread their cloaks on the road. When they came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in, in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it and said, If you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. The days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you in on every side. They will dash you to the ground, you and the children within your walls. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize the time of God's coming to you. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. So it is crazy to think it's been over a year since the lockdown has happened. It has been over a year of lockdown and social distancing and washing your hands for 20 seconds and wearing masks and all of this. It is crazy to imagine this. 
I was having a conversation with someone recently and we were just reflecting back on a year ago how we had no idea what this virus was, what it would do. We had no idea that lockdown would even last this long. Uh, I remember being in Scotland and thinking that, oh, just a month, a couple weeks and we'll be back to normal. But was I wrong? And I'm sure many of you did not um, anticipate this happening the way it has as well. So we may feel down and we may feel at times distressed at how long this lockdown has been going. But there is a glimmer of hope as right as the vaccines are being distributed right now in Massachusetts by April 19th. All all adults can register, make an appointment to get a vaccine. And even even the president said that he expects by July 4th we can have some sort of normal gatherings, right? So we have hope. We see light at the end of the tunnel. And as Pastor David mentioned earlier, we will be reopening our church in May at a limited capacity, but we will still be able to see people, or we will get to see people, I should say, and begin to start a new normal life. And so as we see the light of the tunnel, we see hope right? This Sunday, as you know, is Palm Sunday, and it is the Sunday before Easter. Jesus makes his triumphal entry into Jerusalem before Passover week, and he is preparing to bring God's kingdom, to to bring it to earth, right? As Jesus preached, when he came on the scene, he says, repent and believe because the kingdom is at hand. The kingdom is here and now, and the kingdom has a king, and it is Jesus. And so, in our passage this morning that we just read, we are, we are witnessing, we are getting a glimpse of how Jesus enters into Jerusalem as a, as a king. And so at first we see in verses 30 to 31, Jesus asks, he asks his disciples to help prepare the way uh, for his coming, right? He tells them, go to this village and get a colt or a young donkey. So he's preparing himself for this grand entrance as king. And so typically in the Roman Empire, these triumphal entries or parades, they, they would happen. But they would happen after a general or some sort of great military official led this successful campaign and won this great battle and this great victory. And so they would prepare this huge parade. The, the general would look strong on a, on a big stallion or war horse, and he would march through the city and be welcomed back as a hero. And so the, the, the general would come riding in. He would come bringing in all the spoils of the war, of the battle, and he would be celebrated. And so Jesus is preparing for this kind of entry, but Jesus is preparing for it in a, in a very modest way. He tells his disciples to go get a colt or a young male donkey. And so if you think about it, Jesus is putting together this almost dollar store type triumphal entry, right? You know how you, you buy some products and they're a lot cheaper um, and you buy them because they're cheaper, but then you realize they don't last that long or they're not the best quality, right? And, and, uh, and you know, some people call them knockoffs. They don't look as good or they break easily. And this is, this is almost what Jesus' triumphal entry would look like compared to what other triumphal entries or victory parades would look like. And so 
we see Jesus, he begins his life humbly in a manger. He's born in a manger um, with the animals. And he enters Jerusalem as a king, but humbly on a, on a donkey. He doesn't have an army. He doesn't have spoils to bring, but he comes in humbly on a donkey. And so how was he received as this sort of ragtag king? How was this, this parade or this half-fast parade, as many people might have saw it, how did people receive him? And we see in verses 38 to 42 that Jesus was welcomed as a king. He was welcomed. People praised him, right? In verse 38, it says, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. So we see this group of, of people, including Jesus' disciples, they recognize what's going on to an extent. They see Jesus, this king, uh, their Messiah, and he is riding in triumphantly into the holy city of Jerusalem. And they are excited and ready to receive their king. But the problem is they welcome him as a king, but Jesus is not accepted as a king, right? In verse, in verse um, 39, the group of Pharisees or religious leaders, they see what's going on and they freak out. They're like, teacher, Jesus, tell your disciples to cool it. You know what happens when, when we, we try to have a king, right? We're under Roman, we're under Roman rule. The Romans control this region. And if you're coming in here like a king, you know what will happen. So they're saying, hey, rebuke your disciples. You're, you're acting as if you're some real king or some real Messiah. And Jesus' response is amazing. He says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, even the stones will cry out. And so Jesus is, is welcomed as a king, but he is not fully accepted as a king and we even see this in Jesus' response, right? In, in verse 41, this, this grand celebration takes a turn because it's supposed to be a, a parade, a celebration, right? The palms signify victory. And yet Jesus, he goes to Jerusalem and he weeps over it, right? In verse, verse 41, he wept over it and said, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from your eyes. So this group of people who were praising Jesus, who were celebrating him, not all of them saw what was going on or understood what was going on or recognized really what Jesus had come to do, right? So they were there for the party, but then when they didn't get what they wanted or they didn't get what they were expected, they, they were out, right? They, they, didn't, they, weren't, uh, they weren't really there for Jesus, right? And think about it like, uh, like sports fans, right? How many of us here, you know, we, we don't watch football all season, but we tune into the Super Bowl, right? Or we don't watch baseball season or, or basketball or hockey season, but when we find out uh, our team, in my case, New York, I'm a native New Yorker. When we find out they're in the playoffs, that's when we, we tune in, right? And when, we, when they lose, we, we turn it off. We, we don't watch again till next year, um, and we don't follow them. But when they win, they win a championship, we're there to celebrate. And then we're also there to criticize and be angry with them when they, when they lose and when they do poorly, right? 
but we we see people like that right we they're they're not fully invested but when it is convenient for them they will celebrate with the palms they will praise him but ultimately jesus weeps over the city because he knows that they don't really know what's going on they don't recognize him and they don't accept him as their true king and so what what is the result of this non-acceptance of jesus right um the result the result is really devastating of not accepting jesus in 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 the case of of the jews here living in jerusalem during jesus's time he is he is saying in verse 43 he says the days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment against you and encircle you and hem you on every side jesus is predicting the destruction of jerusalem that would happen in 70 AD 40 years after his death and because they were expecting Jesus to be this this great king this warrior to go in and defeat the romans and to to slay pontius pilate and to set up his new kingdom and when they didn't get that they they were they were angry they were frustrated and they did not see Jesus as the king the king was supposed to be a strong warrior he was supposed to conquer everyone and restore the kingdom of israel to its former glory but that is not what jesus did his kingdom was not meant to do that and so we see what jesus does when he enters into jerusalem that week right he weeps over the city and the next thing he does he goes into the temple and he clears out the temple he turns over the tables and he kicks all the people out and he says my house is a house of prayer you've turned it into a den of robbers And so the problem that Jesus had with all these money changers were that they were ripping people off, right? It wasn't the fact that they were changing money, it's how they were changing money, right? When people would gather in Jerusalem for Passover, they would be coming from all sorts of countries. They would have different money, and you would need to exchange that money, right? Like the like the money changers are there for. But the problem is they were robbing the people. they were not treating them fairly and so Jesus kicked them out and overturned the temples because what they were doing was very wrong right and so throughout the week as Jesus is in Jerusalem he's teaching in the temple after his entry and all the Pharisees and all the religious leaders they're they're colluding to try to accuse him of something they're trying to find the charge where they can bring him to the Romans and have him executed right they try to ask him should we pay taxes to caesar and jesus says give to caesar what is caesar's and give to god what is god's right and so they they're trying to come up with all these plans and they are very angry at jesus for what he was doing they were angry when he turned over the tables they were like who is this guy who does he think he is and they were also angry at him because he called out the teachers of the law he called them out he said You guys are such hypocrites. You go out and you pray and you pretend you're so religious but yet you rip off the widows. You steal from the widows. Widows the the most marginalized people in the ancient world at the time, women who didn't have husband. They didn't have protection, they didn't have a voice. And yet these teachers of the law were stealing from them. And Jesus points that out and they don't like that. And this is the type of king or the kingdom that Jesus is bringing. 
a kingdom that does not look the other way when people are, are committing evil or when, when things are going wrong. And so this is the kingdom that Jesus is bringing, and this is the kingdom that people do not accept, right? And in the case of the Jews, they don't accept Jesus. They expect someone else to come to fight the Romans and to kick them out of Israel for good. And when they try that, the temple gets destroyed and Jerusalem gets destroyed because of it, right? So this is the devastating effects of, of what happens when, when they did not recognize Jesus as the true king, when they didn't understand or, or have faith in the message that he was bringing, right? And so we see the type of kingdom that Jesus is bringing, and it is this kingdom that calls things out that does not accept evil or sin for what it is. And so this is how Jesus makes his entry into Jerusalem. And I think at this point, it's important to, to talk about this kingdom of God, right? As I mentioned, the kingdom is not, is not something that's far away. It's not something that's somehow distant in the future. It is here now, right? We as his church, we as God's people, we are God's kingdom here on earth. Jesus preached the kingdom is here right now. And so when we see Jesus as a king, and when we look at his life and his ministry and what he does, we recognize what are the kingdom values that God has in his kingdom, right? First, we see with, with the money changers, right? God, God doesn't accept when people rip other people off like that. He does not accept injustice. He is not okay with it. He does not tolerate those sorts of injustices. Same thing with the widows who were ripped off by the teachers of the law. They had all their inheritance and all they had from their husbands who died taken from them, right? They were, they were scammed by the teachers of the law and they were left with nothing because they were weak and because they were easy to be pushed around right? And so as we reflect on what God, God's kingdom is and the values that it brings, it is a kingdom of justice, right? Jesus comes to bring ultimate justice to this world. And so as we reflect in our own lives, in, in the country, and the society we live in, we need to have a transformed mind and recognize how does God's kingdom how do I, as a member of God's kingdom, how do I see what's going on around me? How do I respond to it? And how do I live out the kingdom values that Jesus inaugurated and brought in with his life and especially with his triumphal entry this Palm Sunday? And so we, we've been seeing um, with the tragic shooting of what happened in Atlanta, right? Um, the targeting of of, of Asian, uh, Asian women in particular, Asian Americans. And it, it is terrible what is going on, right? And God, God does not accept what is happening, right? God is angry. We see Jesus angry at injustice and wrong that is done. And that should anger us too, right? That should anger us as we see what's going on and how people are mistreated in our society or treated unjustly and unfairly, right? And we should speak out when we have the opportunity. We should not accept the wrong of others or accept it as if it is okay because 
as members of God's kingdom, as we reflect on this sermon series on God's kingdom, we see our King Jesus. We see how he enters Jerusalem humbly on a donkey. He goes and he fights for those who are poor. He fights for the widows. And ultimately, he fights for us and he lays down his life for us to satisfy God's justice and God's wrath, right? That is the king in Jesus who we worship. That is the king who came to Jerusalem. And that is the king who will return to earth, right? Jesus, we, we know how the story ends, right? We know he gets crucified on Friday and then Sunday morning he raises from the dead and eventually he goes back to be with the father. But he tells his disciples that he will return. He will return, right? So in our passage, they're welcoming Jesus as king. But in our time now, we need to prepare the way for our king who is returning. We need to work to bring his kingdom and his kingdom values here on earth as it is in heaven, as the prayer goes, right? And so the king is coming. We, his people, prepare the way. The king is coming. We, his people, prepare the way. As we reflect on this Palm Sunday, right, it's important to reflect on this kingdom and the values uh, that Jesus exemplified in his kingdom. And we recognize that that kingdom came at a cost, right? That kingdom comes at a cost. And that cost was Jesus's death on the cross. That cost was the breaking of his body and the shedding of his blood. And so Jesus is our king, but instead of a throne, he receives a cross. Instead of a crown of gold or a crown of majesty, he receives a crown of thorns. Instead of the glory and honor that a true king deserves, he was executed outside the city as a criminal and a traitor. And he was humiliated for us, for our wrongdoing. So the kingdom is here and the kingdom is now and the kingdom will continue to come until our King Jesus returns. And so this Palm Sunday, as we reflect Jesus entering into Jerusalem, the last week of his life, preparing to lay down his life for us, we can celebrate with his disciples because we know he is our King and we know what it is that he has done for us, right? So we can shout Hosanna, right? Hosanna in the highest, which means save us because we know that our King Jesus, he accomplished the work on the cross. He died for our sins, was buried and resurrected on the third day. And his kingdom is here. His kingdom is now and his kingdom is coming and will continue to come. So the king, his coming, we, his people, prepare the way. We do that with our lives. We do that with our actions. We do that by spreading the message and by spreading the kingdom of God to our communities, to those around us, because we know we worship a true king, a humble king who humbled himself to the point where he would die on the cross for us. So the king is coming. We, his people, prepare the way. Let's pray.
Lord God, we thank you for your great love for us, Lord. We thank you that you humbled yourself, Lord, where you took, you took flesh and became one of us, Lord. You became a servant. You did not become a mighty warrior or general to, to conquer, Lord, but you were a humble servant who rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, Lord God. We thank you for your humility. We thank you for your love and your grace in our lives, Lord. As we reflect on this Palm Sunday, Lord, may you remind us that we can celebrate your coming because you are the one true king of this world and this universe. And we can celebrate your coming and we can prepare the way for your return, Lord, because you are worthy of it all, Lord. I just pray for all of us that you would guide us in our lives, Lord, as citizens of your kingdom above all else. Help us to exemplify the, the ideals, the principles of your kingdom, and help us to be better followers of you, Lord. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen.